I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network. I am Jeff Hartman, your host. Welcome back. I hope everyone is kind of, hopefully, I think the word to use is just calming themselves down. I have a feeling, though, after today's show, maybe you won't be. I hope I'm not going to be the guy that's going to get everyone amped up again. Mike Tomlin had his press conference on Tuesday. That opened up a whole new can of worms. We're going to talk about all of that. And we're going to talk about DEFCON updates, accountability. What does that even look like? And then in the second half, you all had a lot of questions. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. You have questions. I provide the answers. That's how this thing works. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about some news. The Steelers made two signings to their practice squad. I am sure I'm going to butcher the name, but Obina... Easy, easy, E is how you spell the last name. Maybe it's Ease. I apologize to this gentleman. No clue. He's an offensive lineman. Denzel Mims, that's a name you probably have heard. Spent time with the New York Jets last year. Was in uh, camp with the Detroit Lions before getting injured. Both, he's a wide receiver, by the way, Mims. He signed to the, pra- signed to the practice squad. So now the Steelers have those two players on the practice squad. And while some people will say, well, that's only for practice and scout team stuff, They are viable options for game day call-ups. That is part of the process. So you have to think if there's an injury or if there's a concern or they're looking at an upgrade, maybe that's the way that they go. I said that Mike Tomlin spoke to the media, which he did, and he outlined some injuries. Kenny Pickett had a bone bruise, no structural ligament damage that was reported. Uh, And Mike Tomlin said Wednesday is going to be a very big day for Kenny Pickett. He is going to practice. They're going to see how much he can do with his mobility, his Overall accuracy with that front foot, you know, that front leg. I believe it was his left leg. If I'm correct, it was his left leg. And think about a throwing, any type of thrower, stepping with that leg. You have to be able to absorb that. It's it's probably going to be painful. But I think he was very smart, and Mike Tomlin was when he said, you know, he's still a young player. He needs, as he called it, an in-helmet, in-helmet situations, meaning he has to actually practice. It's not a Ben Roethlisberger where he can rest Wednesday, Thursday, do a walkthrough on Friday and be good to go on Sunday. He needs those reps. So they're going to see how it goes. But he's a possible to possibility he plays on Sunday at Acroshore Stadium against the Ravens. Other players, not so lucky. Dan Moore Jr., he has a knee sprain. Mike Tomlin said he's out this week. Uh, you have Pat Fryermuth, hamstring. 
He's listed as, as Mike Tomlin's words, not an official injury report. Doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said that he is probably two to three weeks. So you think about this week. You obviously have the bio next week. Maybe he's back for the Rams in week, uh, I guess that's week seven. So other than that, Presley Harvin III and his hamstring injury, he's being worked through it. He said he'll see what it looks like at the end of the week. If not, Brad Wing will have a second game in the Steelers uniform. Also, uh, James Daniels' groin is at least trending in the right direction. Mike Tomlin feels that he will be playing or practicing this week leading up to the game. Hopefully, he's able to return. And DeMarvin Leal's in the concussion protocol. Therefore, nothing he can say. He's got to clear the protocol. That's how it works. Uh, everyone was talking about Tomlin's press conference, changes that could be made because, hey, Mike Tomlin had that sound bite. Hell yeah, we need changes. Changes are going to be made. Well, Let's just say that really didn't happen. Okay, we'll we'll get to that. We will get to that. So uh, the changes that were everyone was hoping for, i.e., Matt Canada being stripped of duties or being fired, it didn't happen. Let's talk about something I teased on Monday. If you listen to the Winners and Losers podcast, you heard me say this, and that is that everyone wants accountability. That is the common theme: is fans get so angry. They get so frustrated that they just want someone, anyone, to be held accountable. It could be players. It could be coaches. It doesn't matter. Someone needs to be held accountable. They want their pound of flesh. That's what this fan base wants. They don't always get it. Accountability. Accountability is an important term here. We're going to be referencing that. And like I do a lot of times on this show, I go and talk to Merriam Webster and say, well, what is the actual definition of accountability? So that when we're talking about it, when we're referencing that term, we all are on the same page. This is the definition that we're using. It is the fact or condition of being accountable or responsibility. That's what this comes down to. When someone says, "Where's I want someone to be held accountable, they're essentially saying, who is responsible for this disaster? That's what they want to know. Who's responsible and who's going to be held accountable? Now, what does this look like for the Steelers? That's what we're going to try to figure out in this podcast. What does accountability even look like for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this in this scenario, in this setting? Now, some would say that accountability doesn't exist. Not with Mike Tomlin, not with Art Rooney II, all the way down to Matt Canada, Tara Lawson, et cetera, onward down the line. I get it. However... Sometimes the accountability or responsibility, maybe it's just not seen. There's a big difference. Just because Mike Tomlin doesn't come out and make these glaring, sweeping statements in his press conference doesn't mean that there are any changes happening. Now, changes, if they do happen with the Steelers, this is specific to the Steelers, they will not be made public. That's just not how they do business. They're not going to come out and say, well, you know, Mike Sullivan's going to be calling plays now. It would have to get really bad, worse than what it is right now, worse than what it is right now for them to do something like that, and I still don't think they would. So how do we, the fans, know when changes will be made? That is the, that is the next question. We don't. We don't know when changes will be made. We can only hear what coaches have to say and then also base it on the product on the field. This leads us to Tuesday. Mike Tomlin stands up at the podium. I've been watching his press conferences almost religiously since 2007 when he was hired as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to be honest. <clears throat> I've seen some tough ones. 
I've seen him have to stand up there and talk about Ryan Shazier being paralyzed from the chest down. I've seen him have to talk about some really difficult things, like when he almost interfered with a play with Jacoby Myers' return on primetime television on NBC. I believe that was a a Thanksgiving night game, possibly. I can't remember. At least it's Sunday. It was primetime. He's had to answer that question. I've seen him have to talk about race relations in the league and in our society. I've seen him have to talk about some difficult things, and you know what? He's aced every test. If I was grading the press conference on Tuesday, he's not passing that test. It was That was one of the worst press conferences I've ever seen Mike Tomlin give, and it, it was bad from the start. I saw that you could see his own playbook. He's trying to get out ahead of these questions, and here's the crazy thing to me. While we're on this topic, he wasn't even peppered with difficult questions. He didn't have those reporters that were just really digging in and demanding some type of actual answer. They Sometimes they just take him at face value. And I know if you keep peppering him, it's not like he's going to suddenly answer the question, especially after all the talk about Mojo last week where he said, look, I just gave you that answer just so you'll stop asking the same question. I understand the hesitancy of the reporters, but again, this isn't about the questioning. It's about his answers to the questions that were asked, and it was not good. It was not good. He was trying to talk in circles. He didn't answer anything at a time when, and I, again, I have a unique perspective on this as someone that covers the team as a fan. I'm not covering the team as a journalist that has to remain neutral. I am a fan of the Steelers. I want them to win. I want the organization to succeed. I am a fan. I cannot remember a time in recent history when the fan base has turned on the organization like it has now. And I say the organization on purpose because it's not just Tomlin. The fans have turned on Tomlin for. This is going to the top of the top of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. People that are saying, what is this that's going on? They want to see change. And so Mike Tomlin stands up in front of the media, essentially to the entire fan base who's watching it either on replay, they're listening to Dave Schofield's recap, or they're watching it live. And he says, here's what we're going to do. Everyone's waiting. Okay, play calling is stripped of Canada. Matt Canada's fired. Give us something. Something, anything. What do we have? What does he deliver? Here we go. Give it to me. We're going to practice with pads on Wednesday, and there's going to be a new division of labor. I mean, cue the sad trombone. That's exactly what it felt like. Exactly what it felt like. The division of labor, they changed up a couple things on the freaking depth chart. Gunnar Olszewski is no longer the starting wide receiver in place of Deontay Johnson. And Chandon Sullivan or Desmond King are going to be in the slot. Like that freaking matters. So Mike Tomlin had an opportunity. He had an opportunity to give the fan base, hey, here's what the accountability is, the responsibility. Here's what's happening. And he chose to let the pitch go by. This wasn't a swing and miss. He didn't even attempt. This is a backwards K for those of you scoring at home, and you know what baseball is. You know what that means. That means they struck out looking. They didn't even swing the bat. That was Mike Tomlin. The pitches were delivered, and he watched them go. He watched him go. So, okay, 
We listen to what the coaches say. That's one way of telling responsibility, accountability, all that good stuff. What about everything else? What about the play on the field? That's what I just mentioned before going on that mini rant. Well, what we saw on the field on week four was an absolute disaster. So let's go back to accountability. Who's responsible? Matt Canada? Terrell Austin? Mike Tomlin? At some point, if this organization, and I'm talking to Art Rooney II, the very tippy top, if I'm talking to Art Rooney, if you want fans to believe in things like, quote unquote, the process and the standard, these terms that get thrown around that people love to put on shirts and they love to say proudly when the team is winning, but when the team is continually mediocre or subpar, they are used as a punchline around the NFL, not as the peak of what football and coaching and organizational stability should be. Just because you've had a coach since 2007 doesn't mean that the team is where it should be. So they had an opportunity. At some point, if you want fans to believe in those stupid things, the process, the standard changes have to be made. And I'm not talking about practicing with pads on on Wednesday. I'm not talking about saying, oh, well, we're the division of labor. No, you come out, even something like this. Hey, I'll give you an example. People might be listening saying, well, Jeff, what did you want Mike Tomlin to say? Like, what did you expect him to say? I didn't expect him to fire Mike or Matt Canada. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to strip play calling duties away from him. No, not right now. That's not how they do business. I would have loved it, but no, that's not how they do business. If Mike Tomlin would have come out and said, you know what? We're making changes. The division of labor, I'll tell you what the division of labor is. All of a sudden now you're, okay, let's talk specifics. Joey Porter Jr., he's the guy. It's time to take the training wheels off Joey Porter Jr. We took, we spent a second-round pick, 32nd pick overall. He is going to be getting the start. We are going to mix him in with Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson. No one's getting benched, but he is going to see significant snaps. Okay, now we're talking change. I love it. Second change, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to move back to free safety. Minka's going to go back to free safety. DeMonte Casey is going to be mixed in only with three safety packages. And Keanu Neal is going to be mixed in more with the inside linebackers than anything else. All right, we are talking about actual things that can happen. On offense, Pat Fryermuth's out. You can expect a larger role for Darnell Washington and for Connor Hayward. And I'm not just talking about them being on the field, just being out there. These are the things that he had an opportunity to say. And guess what? You're not tipping your hand of anything for Baltimore. They know the team. They know Friar Muse hurt, so they're going to key on Washington. They're going to key on Hayward. Good teams do that, and Baltimore's a good team. But he didn't. Backwards K. So as an organization, if they want fans to really believe that this rebuild, this process that we've been talking about for the last year and a half, almost two years, is legit, then they need to start making some changes. Changes that we can tangibly see here and then obviously see the rewards. I'm fine if Broderick Jones struggles because he's the future of the position. And Dan Moore was struggling anyways. I'm fine if Joey Porter Jr. struggles. Same scenario. Because if they don't make any changes, if status quo remains the way it is, then you know what the Steelers are going to become real quick? The Pittsburgh Pirates. That's exactly what they're going to become. And eventually the fans are going to see through the ownership, they're going to see through the coach, and they're going to say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. Now, it took, this, it took the Pirates 20 years of losing to kill the fan base. And they're still a fan base, but it's not what it was. 
I grew up in the early 90s with the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was a fan base. This is not that. Not even close. Even after the success of 2014, 2015, I think 2013 as well. Even after that, no, not even close. The Steelers are headed down that path if they don't start making some changes. I'm going to tell you right now. Because now all of a sudden you have an owner and everyone's going to say it. Well, you're just like Bob Nutting. All you care about is the bottom line. You don't really care about the team winning. You just care about the bottom line. I could literally go on a rant for the next 20 minutes, and I don't have time for that. All right, so let me catch my breath. Let's go to the DEFCON updates. We got to do that before we take a break and then get into the mailbag. Remember, one is bad, five is good. Five, hey, we're great. Let's roll. One, we have huge, huge issues. Start on offense. Quarterback went from a three down to a two. Big step backwards. Kenny Pickett's hurt. Mitch Trubisky might be in. Kenny might play. I don't know. It's a two. Not good. Kenny Pickett has not been good. Call a spade a spade. He sucked. Yeah, the offensive line hasn't been great, but you know what? Sometimes good sometimes good quarterbacks have to overcome those things, and he hasn't been able to do that. Hasn't been good. Running backs go down one to two. Jalen Warren, you put the ball on the turf a couple times. That is not the way to get more carries, just so you know. It's also not a way to boost your stock in the DEFCON levels. Wide receivers and tight ends, again, they go down to a two as well. George Pickens, if you're going to be the 50-50 GOAT, greatest of all time, you got to come down with some of these 50-50 balls. The one in the end zone would have been a great catch. Not easy. We've seen him make more difficult catches. He's dropped some of these. That's a problem. Offensive line, two. Continue to just get beat in the pass rush. It's just not good. Let's go to the defense. Inside linebacker goes down from a four to a three. They're just... Again, it's it's becoming predictable, almost like Matt Canada. Landon Robertson, here we go. It's like Robert Splain 2.0. Can't cover. They're going to abuse it. That's exactly what Houston did. They got to figure it out. Outside linebackers go down. I'm sorry. I know TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are great, but you can't go up against a patchwork offensive line. You can't do this and not even register a sack. I don't care. Nope. Don't want to hear it. They go down to a four. Defensive backs go down to a two. I've had enough of Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson. Give me something new. And then lastly, the defensive line, they are down to a two as well. Stop the freaking run. Just stop the freaking run. That's all you have to do is stop the run. Lastly, special teams stays the same at a four. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have the mailbag. Kind of pissed. It's ought to be fun. Here we go. Take a break. See you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half. Time for the mailbag. Hey, I want to mention this to all my Ride or Die crew out there because I know a lot of you will follow me on Twitter. It's how you ask questions for the mailbag. I am going to start Twitter Spaces, X Spaces, Spaces, whatever the hell they're calling it. I really don't care. I'm going to try it. I've got to talk to a lot of people. They're like, Jeff, you've got to do Twitter spaces, man. It's so much fun. You can interact with your audience. That's what I want to do. I want to interact with the ride or die crew. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pick a day and I'm just going to do a Twitter space. If you can make it awesome. If you can't, that's fine too. I just want to give it a shot. I want to see what it's like. So we'll do that. Um, hopefully maybe at the end of this week, if not a little bit later, but hopefully you'll be able to, to check it out. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. So when it comes to the mailbag, we had a lot of questions. That's all I'm going to say about that. Here we go. First from Philip. He has three questions. Hey, Jeff, if you had a magic time machine and you can go to any point in the Steelers' recent past since Mike Tomlin has been the head coach, what is one thing you would save this team from doing like in Back to the Future to hopefully help alleviate this team from such awful football? I'd go back to 2017. This is just not so much. A, it's not necessarily going to have a butterfly effect to today. Go back to 2017, Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, and I have Ryan Shazier not on the field at that play. I keep him healthy. I somehow have him avoid that. I teach him to not use his head and and not have him be paralyzed because it would have changed that whole season and the next few years. They're still trying to replace the inside linebacker position. That's what I would do. Number two, I believe accountability is having mental and emotional fortitude to admit when you're wrong while actively searching for a solution in the face of extreme adversity. That's a great definition. Not the one we use, but I like it. In your opinion, who is somebody in your life that you admire or look up to for being accountable in their actions, either as a friend, leader, boss, etc.? You know, um, I can't think of an individual, but I can tell you this, that there have been times in my career, in my life, where I have put myself in this category, where I've said, you know, I might not be the one that's necessarily responsible but I'll take accountability for it because I think that's what leaders have to do. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet. Sometimes you have to take that for the team. Take one for the team. So unfortunately, I'm going to point to myself, and that's not egotistical. That's just being factual. Number three, I am all about tradition and culture. However, it is increasingly obvious that the Steelers' way of old are not cutting it anymore. We look no different than the 2010 Steelers that lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl. If you were the GM or the owner of the Steelers and you were wanting to help this team pivot into this new era of football, describe what your way, what your move or moves would be to push the Steelers into the right direction. Unfortunately, the only thing that can get the Steelers out of their current funk is success. Those teams from the early 2000s, they were the way that they were based on success. They were the way that they were because they won. They won Super Bowls. They were perennial playoff contenders. So you can talk about moves that were made or moves that weren't made. They got to build a winner. Once you build a winner, everything else will fall into place. The attitude, the the tradition. There's players that are trying, but these these younger players, they want it now. They want a win now mode. And they're also a lot more delicate than, than they, they were even in the early 2000s. Good questions, Philip. Thank you. Let's go to Cody. He says, are the Steelers due for a losing season? Can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel the whole organization needs a wake-up call and another 500 season won't do it. Well, can't be 500 in a 17-game season barring a tie, which is an, it's not impossible. I'm going to say that the Steelers do find a way to scrape out nine wins again. I said that was the floor. I said the, the ceiling was like 13. The floor was nine. 
Right now it's looking more like the floor. Chris Turney, why did the offensive line just walk off the field while their quarterback was holding his knee on the field? Just seems this team is not together. No brotherhood that used to be evident in the locker room. You're not, hey, Chris, you're not alone. I heard, I saw it myself. I know that Mason Cole and those guys were really pissed off at the play call, and they're immediately going to the sideline, and they're they're complaining. They're mad. At the same time, only Broderick Jones is standing there, and no one's even trying to help up Kenny. Like No one's crouching down like, hey, man, you all right? I did see that someone signaled in from the sideline. It was a bad look. The optics were bad, I'll be honest. Heath Davis asked several. He said, El Jefe, can we actually accurately assess the D.C. position when the defense can't get a break? No sustained drives on offense means less time for corrections and adjustments. Our defense is out there trying to do to out-athlete the other team. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That is on a, I get it. I totally get it. They are gassed. And after the first half, but here's what I have to go back to in week four. I'm just going to focus on that game. In the first drive, it wasn't the offense's fault. Okay. They deferred their possession to the second half. They put the defense out there and you let them run right down your throat. That's not because you were tired. Just so you know. Question two, if you fire Matt Canada and the interim guy has mild success, what is the likelihood the Steelers stick with him versus go out and get a high-quality OC? Let's go down that bridge when we get to it because I'm not, it's, it's literally not even worth talking about because I don't see a world where they do fire Matt Canada in season. Next question from Heath, does Matt Canada know he sucks at his job? Um, I, I guarantee you he's heard everyone tell him that he sucks at his job. I just don't know if he knows or thinks that he sucks at his job. Last one from Heath. Final thing. Hi, Jeff's mom. Hope you have a great week. Go Steelers. My mom has chimed in on the mailbag. I don't think she did this week, but she does listen to every one of my podcasts. I don't know if she listens to the NFL ones, but I know she listens to all the Let's Ride podcasts. So Heath, I'm sure my mom is very thankful that you wished her a great week. Let's go to Corey Eckenroth. He said, besides Canada, where would you start making fixes, Jeff? Where would you stop? Would you go all the way to the top if you could? If we're just talking about on on the team, like on field right now, the before week five, I talked about a couple. I would say like defensively, Joey Porter Jr., he's going to see a lot of playing time. Minka, go back to free safety and do your thing back there. You're better back there. Don't We don't need you around the line of scrimmage right now. And I'm that those are the two things that you can tangibly say could have an impact on the outcome of the game. Other than that, there's not a lot of sweeping changes you can make in the middle of a season. Next, uh, Corey said, hey, Jeff, great news. Penguins hockey is just around the corner. Yes, you're right. And then that's another team that can just literally cut my heart out on a repeated basis. Hey, instead of 17 times that a team can either cause a heart attack or rip your heart out, I get to experience 82. So much better, right? Not necessarily. I, I like what you're saying, though, Corey. Thomas asks, we all know this offensive line isn't great. But what is it going to take for someone to tell Kenny to stay in the pocket? When you look at his preseason and his big plays, they all they they all take place when he stays in the pocket. To me, this all stems from early game offensive line play. If the offensive line is holding up and they give him that pocket, he will step up and be a presence there. But if all of a sudden early in the game, go back to week four, first quarter, they're in his face early and often, he doesn't trust it. He doesn't trust the protection is going to hold up. That's a problem. So if the offensive line keep him away, maybe that's going to be a little bit easier. Brian Katz or Bagels and Bong Rips, best Twitter handle ever, said, do you ever just stop watching Steelers games or at least close your eyes and lower the volume until you hear the announcer's voice rise and check to see if something awful or wonderful happened? 
Unfortunately, no, I don't do that. Uh, my job consists of having to stay on top of the game, watching it closely, commenting on all that good stuff. So no, unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. Bagels and bong reps, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. Uh, Corey Eckenroth also chimed in and said, blow it up, blow it all up, Jeff, or just cut certain parts. I'm not blowing it up just yet. Not yet. All right, Brandon Diaz says, I'll limit my questions this week because I'm fed up with this team right now. After listening to Tomlin's press conference in the Pat McAfee segment on his show, in which case Pat McAfee was talking about could they potentially have a change coming up with Matt Canada or maybe even Mike Tomlin. How do you feel about Mike Tomlin seemingly lying about changes? I don't know if lying is the right word. I, I, I just don't. I think that he's trying to do the best that he can to guard the, the, the organization. So I don't know. Brandon also said, Jeff, I lied. I have more thoughts on Tomlin supporting Canada still. Finally, this last one. Do the Roonies have more pool in coaching than we think? No way the organization can get behind this terrible offense and defense. I think they do have more pool than people think. And there's some people on Twitter that think that Art Rooney is just like a doormat. That he's just like, oh, yeah, well, you do whatever you want. Whatever, man. I'll just, I, Hey, I just signed the checks. Now, he's more involved than you think. He is way more involved than you think. Ah, uh, yeah, I've talked to some people. That's what they all say. All right, let's go back to Bagels and Bong Rips. Missed this one. He said, I think one of the things that could really help the offense is the ability for Kenny Pickett to audible plays. Since we have no idea why this is not being used or if, when, how this ability will be given to Kenny Pickett, how impactful do you think it would be? I've heard rumors that he isn't even allowed to adjust protection schemes. Think about that. The protection scheme is called with a specific play and the quarterback who's standing on the field doing basic arithmetic sees, wow, they're sending more players than we have in the block. He can't adjust that. Only thing he can do, from what I've heard, is just minor adjustments. You see him move Najee Harris from the right to the left, something like that. At some point, you got to take the training wheels off. That's my theory. At some point, you got to take the training wheels off. Let's go to Tank. He has several. With Mitch going to play against the Ravens again, maybe, do you think the offense will score again, or will Boz be making another case for the Steelers' MVP? I don't know, man. I don't want to think about Mitch Trubisky starting, but I think Boswell will have a heavy workload again for sure. Tank also said, can you remember a time when this offense was exciting? For me, I'd have to go back to exciting. There were exciting moments in 2019, believe it or not. Uh, but even when Ben came back 2020, there were times where it was exciting. And then at the week 12, like when they had their first loss in 2020, that's when it just, it hasn't been the same since. Has not been fun. It's no, no good. No bueno, as they would say, south of the border. All right, let's go to Eamon. He asked two questions. Eamon J. Singh, been a fan of the team since I moved to this country 16 years ago. Never felt this disheartened about it, not even in 2019. The Roonies are royalty in Pittsburgh, but something has to change at the top. Do you think maybe Mike Tomlin doesn't have the power to make changes? I miss Dan Rooney. I think you're not alone with missing Dan Rooney. I think that Mike Tomlin, that it's not just his way, whatever. It's his way that's approved by Art Rooney II. That's just the way it works, and that's people don't want to admit that, but it is. Second question from Eamon. What are the top three things you want to see happen with the team over the rest of the season? Is having a non-losing season, non-losing record one of them? I don't want to see the team lose. I want to see the team win. I want to see this rookie class start to really show out. I want to see them being highlighted. I want to see them becoming more dynamic. So I'm looking at the future at this point. First and second year players improving. 
Let's go to Joshua Petrick. He asked, why can the Steelers D never get good push versus a bad offensive line? I bet we couldn't even get a sack against the Giants who just gave up 11. How do we, how do worst position groups always piece us, pick us, pick us apart? Bad offensive lines, young wide receivers, backup quarterbacks, they always seem to kill us. Why can't we ever dominate? This has been an ongoing problem during the Mike Tomlin regime. He continues, now on to the actual question, instead of a rant. Realistically, if the Steelers made coaching changes midseason, could things actually get better? Because we would for sure promote from within, or would a coach firing more than likely mean we are playing for next year? So, if they made a coaching change midseason, I don't think they're going to bring anyone from the outside. They're going to wait and do their diligence in the offseason, and then they'll hire someone. Then um, Joshua says, I know the Texans double-team the edges almost every play. Then they send a, a middle linebacker blitz or something. Canada deserves all the Hades getting, but it's time we hold the defensive coordinator accountable too, even if that includes Tomlin, who I always have defended. Joshua, you're not the only Steeler fan that's defended Tomlin that is kind of turning on that. We'll put it that way. Uh, Richard, he said, on Monday's Let's Ride, you mentioned that you don't always like the way 22, Najee Harris, interacts with teammates. What are you seeing in that regard? Thanks, Ryder Die Crew. So there are little things that you see, and I don't know if maybe this is just me picking it picking it up, but first thing that kind of tipped me off to this was Najee Harris was very short with the media. Like he, Sometimes you just tell like he's in this mood. And then all of a sudden you would see the way he would interact with teammates on the sideline, coaches on the sideline. It was a very me-centric personality. It's not abnormal. It's just something I wasn't used to seeing. Then all of a sudden, it was in week four, it was like Najee Harris finally stepped up and said, okay, I'm going to be that guy. I'll be that guy. Follow me. And I saw a change. Now let's see it continue. That's what I want to see. Um, let's go. I think it's Smiley89. Can you tell me why Olszewski's still on the team? I wish I could, but I don't have any concrete evidence. Afton Forid says, does this, does Tomlin even want this job anymore? With the answers he gave at the press conference, I have real doubts. Like I said, it was a bad press conference, one of the worst I've ever seen. I agree with you. Nate David said, hey, Jeff, I'm going to keep it real, basic for my question. What do you think of the changes Mike Tomlin's going to make? None. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the division of labor, like he'll say like Broderick Jones. Well, Broderick Jones is playing because he has to play. Dan Moore's hurt. He's out. Uh, you'll see Joey Porter Jr. more. Maybe you'll see more Quan Alexander over Landon Roberts. I don't know. Nothing sweeping. I'll tell you that. Okay, let's go to Tendercat. Jeff, is it out of the question as a fan base to boycott going to games? I'm going this weekend because I bought the tickets months before the season started. However, I wouldn't buy them now. The only real way the only real way things will change fast is if Art Rooney 2 feels it in his pockets. The realistic the, the resistance to change has been the downfall of the organization. The coaches are the gas and Art Rooney 2 are the matches that has burnt this whole thing down. I don't even need to turn on my fireplace because I feel the heat from my TV when they play. Final thoughts from Tendercat. Art Rooney the two is cheap, has no spine to stand up. Mike Tomlin has never hired a competent coordinator besides Todd Haley. Yes, I truly believe that. If this is a domino effect from Art Rooney the second, then he should be ashamed of what he has done to this historic organization. I can't say, I mean, there's no question in their tender cap, but I, I, hey, I, I kind of agree. Like I said, if they don't start changing their ways, they're going to turn into the Pirates. Leo Alana says, has there ever been a let's ride with zero losers? Just curious. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger's final home game, Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns, 
There were no losers on that game. And I got ripped for it, too. Oh, there's got to be someone that's bad enough to be on the loser list. Whatever. I didn't do it that day. That's a good question, though. King Me said, why isn't our merch on clearance? Our tickets, jerseys, and merch is the same price as Kansas City, and we haven't been a Super Bowl in almost 20 years. He's saying that, hey, the Steelers should do a solid and say everything's on sale. That's not going to happen, but I get what you're saying. Joe Cirillo said, it seems on every Steel Curtain Network post, there are people calling for Mike Tomlin's head, despite him being a top five coach. In my opinion, it's because the Steelers fans are spoiled by historical success. Do you think the Tomlin hate is warranted or that it's misplaced blame, i.e. Art Rooney or the other coaches? I think that, here's my thought on this. Art and Mike Tomlin's a good coach. I still believe he's a good coach. But I do think that after a while, I said this about Bill Cowher at the end of his tenure as well. Sometimes the message gets stale. Sometimes the players do the same thing over and over again, and it just doesn't resonate anymore. I don't know if that's Tomlin yet but I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. It has nothing to do with past success. It's all about right now. Let's go to Anthony. He said, SCN crew, top coordinators, Canada and Austin, and noted Steelers don't do costly outside hires and tend to promote from within. Can you talk about how these two approaches don't mesh when you fail to develop offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators as the Steelers apparently have? Is Wisenhunt the last to grow into an offensive defensive coordinator with Pittsburgh and get a head coaching job? Wisenhunt was one. Bruce Arians was one, and so was Mike Malarkey. Uh, Todd Haley, if you want to count the XFL. I'm not counting that. Or maybe it was a USFL, but he was a head coach somewhere. But so for me, they don't they, they like to promote from within because they don't like a ton of change. I think there, there comes a point where they have to come from the outside. So I'll tell you what, for me, who I'm rooting against big time, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for, I should say, unless they're playing the Steelers, I'm rooting hard for the LA Chargers. Because I would love nothing more than Kellen Moore to somehow, someway find his way to Pittsburgh. Just as an example. Just as an example. He's a good offensive coordinator. Okay, let's go to James. I don't know how to say his last name. My apologies. Two questions today. Does a point in time come that any of Pittsburgh's bookend players or rising stars say enough is enough and one out of the organization? I think that there could come a time when someone like um, Minka Fitzpatrick, let's use him as an example. He's in the prime of his career. There could come a day where Minka says, you know what, man, this, this, what, what are we doing? Like you heard Devontae Adams say the same thing in Las Vegas after the Steelers won on Sunday Night Football. He's like, well, what am I doing? I'm in the prime of my career. I'm wasting my time here. I want to be on a team that can actually win. I could see it. I could see it. Secondly, is the practice attire Tomlin was referring to the Black Air Force One sneakers? No, I don't think so. I think it was more geared towards like wearing pads and all that garbage. Okay. Hey, that was pretty good. I appreciate those questions. Those were thoughtful questions. I appreciate the fact that y'all didn't just spout off fire Tomlin repeatedly. I appreciate my ride or die crew. Y'all are the best. That's why I love doing that segment. All right, that's it for me on Friday. We go behind enemy lines, with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited for that. The All Bets Are Off segment is back. We got picks, predictions, parlays, all that. Make sure you check it out as well as all of our other content on the Steel Curtain Network and SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Folks, that's it for me. You know, we finished out. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.